Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now, your host, Scott Mulvaney, and our regular sports nutritionist co-host, Aaron Sparold. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today, we are bringing back one of our valued and recurring regular co-hosts. Yes, I'm usually bringing on newbies for you guys all the time, but I found it very crucial and important to bring back people who have way more wisdom than I do when it comes to certain topics. <laughs> so recently on the Super Bowl episode, uh, which aired, we had the uh, regular Dr. Megan Cannon of Mind of the Athlete. But today, I bring back to you her partner in crime, her sports nutritionist teammate, Aaron Sparold. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. I always look forward to this. It's fun chatting with you. And I'm excited because when this episode airs, I'm going to have our new voiceovers where I actually have a, my voiceover person actually saying your name ahead of time, so I won't have to do this. So, oh, so okay. It'll, it'll be you know your co-host today, Scott Mulvaney and Aaron Sparrow. And I think I, I think I might have used our regular sports nutritionist, Aaron Sparrow, or something like that. So okay. we're adding new flair. So nice. Speaking of, speaking of flair. Yeah. To our video watchers and our listeners, you who don't see this, Erin uh, is such a hustler. She just got done getting in her workout because lifestyle balance yeah. is important. So she's dialing okay. in from uh, Body Elite Gym, which is, is that Allentown? Yep, Allentown off Hamilton Boulevard. Allentown, Pennsylvania. So shout out to Body Elite crew here in the greater Lehigh Valley area. Because yes, Erin and I are both locals uh, here an hour north of Philadelphia, hour and a half west of New York. So, so what kind of workout did you get in today? I spent a little bit of time on the treadmill, okay. and then I did some interval training for myself, some goblet squats, some walking lunges, some donkey kicks, um, tricep dips, TRX. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build back from a piriformis injury, so I can't do a lot of like Olympic lifts or anything yet, so I'm trying to keep it kind of simple, go through the range of motion, just starting to add some weight for myself. So Interesting. Yeah. So. I love the piriformis because most people don't know where that is. And um, for <laughs> oh, our ladies and gentlemen who don't now. know where it is, it's basically like what, what the average person will say, oh, it's in your butt. It's in your glutes, right? So, uh, But I'll tell you, if you get on a foam roller after a good workout, not people do too much foaming in the beginning, after your workout, and if you lift, I put my, my ankle up onto my opposite knee and then open my hip up, and then I just drop that lower butt cheek onto the foam roller, you can find yeah. that piriformis real quick. And it's you can, a, and you can hop right off that foam roller really fast. Yes, you can. So how do, how do you injure a piriformis? You know, I did it on a reformer. What the hell is um, that? I, had, it's, it's, <laughs> I, know. I took this class, um, and it was a great class. It was I just didn't understand how to use the equipment yet, and I had too much resistance. I had too many springs on my reformer. It's this okay. big platform that slides back and forth, and there's all these different straps, and you can do all these different movements with it. And I was doing a donkey kick. A donkey and I had kick. Way okay. too much um, resistance on the, the platform. And I was looking at everybody else just sliding their platforms back and forth. They're all graceful. And I was working so hard. And, you know, my pride got the better of me. And so I kept working and I kept pressing and then pop my piriformis went. So, wow. Okay, yeah. so a, a pop as in a tear or just a strain? Or... Not a strain. It wasn't a full tear, but it was it was a doozy. Yeah, and the inflammation from it gave me all kinds of um, radiant pain down the back of my leg from that nerve, my um, sciatic nerve getting hit too. So it was it's been a doozy to come back from. I did this back in September. Wait a minute. 
So maybe maybe you already said the word and I missed it. So a reformer is actually a form of Pilates equipment. Yes. Okay. All right. Because I'm Googling it right now. Actually, I'm going to do some screen sharing. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, for our, for our video watchers, like, what the heck's a reformer? So it looks like a medieval rack, but for fitness. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> it does look a little Fifty Shades, for uh, sure. Yeah. Like, uh, like for example, oh, that's a YouTube. I don't want to click on that one. But the... There's some of these positions that you could get into are unique. For, so interesting thing about reformers. I did try one once. I just didn't know what it was called. I was living in Colorado yeah. and it was my buddy's girlfriend. She was a Pilates instructor, but in his house, like the whole extra bedroom had that giant rack system and it was bigger mm-hmm. than these things. They had a whole upper section that you could hang from or cable from. And I, I joked around. I was like, this is kind of like a, um, is it fitness? Is it for is it for extracurricular <laughs> activities? I don't know. So. Oh, that's totally fair. It's yeah, they're a little intimidating when you first look at them. And honestly, I felt like it like for the mobility and um, utilizing strength through different ranges of motion. It was a great idea. I just had way too much resistance on the platform when I was trying to do the movement, and the instructor came over later. She's like, "Oh my god." You're not supposed to have that many springs on your reformer, and I was like, "Well, that would explain why my okay. back yeah. is hurting really bad now." Alrighty yeah. then. So there's a good example, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, on how not to overtrain. Please be careful on yeah. your excessive springage on your reformer. <laughs> yes, and it, when in doubt in a new class, ask the instructor. Don't assume you can figure it out on your own. It goes back to the importance of respecting really good trainers, coaches, or mm-hmm. people that are guiding you. As in you, sports nutritionist. Ah. Hello. I'm going to tie right Hello. back. Um, nice. Nice that's why we like having you back. Yeah, I see. I'm working. I see. Well, you know, what? You know why I'm doing that? Because I just listened last night again to Megan's episode when we did the Super Bowl episode on anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we had just kicked it off. And you know how it goes. We started getting all these side conversations. And she brought us yeah. right back. And it was a beautiful segue. And She's I was like, dude, nailed it. So um, <laughs> so I'm channeling my Dr. Megan. Um <laughs> But the interesting thing, you you, jo- you joked around about how people look at the reformer, they might be afraid of it. And that mm-hmm. kind of ties back to our past episode with Megan on anxiety and people having anxiety, getting into things they're not used to, right? Getting out of your comfort zone. And yeah. um, I was wondering if you had a theme for today, but I was already thinking about that. I'm like, huh, anxiety regarding a reformer, but now anxiety about working with improving your nutrition. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure there's gosh. a tie together there, right? Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, do you have a better yeah. topic than that? That's a good one. Now let's go for it. Awesome. So what's the deal, man? Why do we have anxiety over food? <laughs> oh my gosh, Scott, that's a really deep, awesome question. Um, we have such intense emotional relationships with our food that start from such a young age. They can be positive, they can be negative. And when you have somebody like me come into your life, people get very territorial over those relationships and mm. it's difficult to let go of them. Um so there can be a lot of anxiety. I find, and, and then there's a, there's a culture too. You know, you see practitioners that are out there that are not respectful of that anxiety and they try and force a paradigm on you that you're not psychologically ready to really adapt to. So I, I think I've talked with you about this before. I like to think of things with my clients on a continuum. So, you know, you may have like worst case scenario diet over here and best case scenario diet over here. Um, on one end of the continuum Mm -hmm. um, and trying to get to know your client in the first couple of appointments so that you know where they are on that continuum and you can meet them where they're at. 
and their understand their readiness to change so that you don't overwhelm them or intimidate them or trigger that anxiety and help walk them through comfortable steps to start making some changes, hmm. I think is, is hugely important. Hugely important. Well, I think that's why you and Megan, I think, work together so much. I remember when we were doing rec- our past episodes uh, last year, you guys had a project together. And I think that's the balance of psychology and the, and the food side, right? Is that oh, yeah. what are we doing to wrap our heads <laughs> around mm-hmm. what I just heard from you is it's not just the new food. It's actually the psychological holding on to our pasts that we don't realize we're doing. Because mm-hmm. like I, I was telling people how you get, you'll get a kick out of this. I just had a recording session with Dr. Sean Baker, a physician from the West Coast. And he's, get this, he has been on a meat-only test Mm. run for 14 months straight. Wow. This guy guy is jacked. He's 51 years old. He Mm -hmm. just did a 500-meter row at 1 minute and 13. Okay. I'm like, Okay, the guy's fit. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so he's starting, he's, he's branding himself as a carnivore training system and everything else. So I mentioned that to somebody today and they were like, "That's you're going to die of a heart attack. And I'm like, well, he's testing that right now to see if that's mm-hmm. true. He's been going fine for 14 months. His cholesterol is great. His blood's great. He's, he's got uh, hundreds of other people in, in this test. He even has a website. They're tracking all the data called like N equals something. Like he's he's... He's very serious about this. And they're doing all the testing and the monitoring and everything. So I'm very impressed by that. But I'm not Mm -hmm. really promoting him. I'm just saying, I just think it's funny that when you mention something new that could be possibly healthy or not, the immediate response almost always is like, oh, I can never do that. Mm -hmm. Right? There's that, it's that initial block. And then if they are starting to consider it, then I think the anxiety kicks in. Because then it's like, oh my God, what what if I can't do it? Or what if I start doing it and then I don't like it? Or I don't like... I don't like spinach for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, it's spinach. Saute it with some butter, you're good to go. Yeah. Then we, then we explore other greens. You know, I think one of the things that that becomes really important is that's that's an extreme example right there. Like you very just true. wrote off something that's an extreme example. And I think very often people expect themselves to go from that, you know, 60 miles an hour to 180 miles an hour overnight. And what you're that that's just not the case for most people and that diet wouldn't be good for for everybody because some people don't process proteins the same way their liver doesn't process proteins we're all a little bit different so maybe some people really can't do that but but also to to use something like that that's an ex a kind of an opposite end of the spectrum extreme example that's where people kind of emotionally try and push themselves to when they take on this idea of, oh, I need to eat healthier. So they take on this idea that it has to be something massive and massive instead of making consistent, regular, attainable changes to their, their lifestyle. That's the stuff that lasts a long time. When you adopt these overnight extreme changes for most people, it tends to create too much stress and then they bounce right back to what they were doing before. Exactly. And And that's, that's the same in fitness too. I mean, exercise, all of it. It's like you do, if you go so far off of your norm, Mm -hmm. there's going to be that elastic effect. I just, you see it time and time again. It's a very rare person that can actually break through those responses and actually, you know, Mm -hmm. not bounce back. That's a very small percentage. Everybody. And and that's why I don't like, I'm not going to try and bust on programs like Weight Watchers and stuff like that. I don't like it, but that's just me. But 
to your point, making small changes. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, maybe next week, what's my latest goal to get healthy? Hmm. Maybe I'll stop eating manufactured processed crappy margarine and switch to grass-fed butter or just regular sure. butter. Hell, not don't even go grass-fed. Let's just go regular butter. Like just mm-hmm. make, that's a very tiny change. And how often are you really using that in your diet? I don't know in your lifestyle, but mm-hmm. to your point, I'm not telling you to go and start an entire new protocol, right? We're just yeah. saying remove the bad stuff, put the good stuff back, mm-hmm. right? The extremes are beneficial in research because they help us test response. They help us to see what happens in research, but then you have to take research and apply it to daily life. Mm -hmm. And the extremes that are utilized in research to trigger response, to test response on cellular and and biochemical levels, that's, that's one thing, but we don't, you know, we then need to make that applicable to daily life. Okay. So when you help clients get applicable, right? Let's just, because mm-hmm. I mean, not everybody's going to be working with you one-on-one, right? There's going to be listeners out here that are going to tune into this episode and they're excited to get maybe some some free knowledge from from an experienced sports nutritionist. So, um, and thank you for listeners for tuning in for that because Aaron appreciates yeah. it. Um, Absolutely. But because in the end, that's part of your mission. You're trying to help people get healthier and wrap their yeah. heads around what we're discussing right now. Like get over the anxiety of, uh, make smarter decisions slower, right? Allow the change to happen. Allow your body to adapt. We talk about that too. Like people like people think, Oh my God, I lost all this weight in the first month, but then I've leveled out over the next 60, you know, 30, 60 days. I'm like, well, yeah. Cause your body's probably reprogramming itself to that new body type. It's I've seen this. I've done a lot of body transformations for people. I'm like, mm-hmm. somebody drops a hundred pounds over six months. There's been a lot of hormonal realignment and cellular mm-hmm. reprogramming going on in there. Metabolic man. flexibility happening. Yeah. 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 So when people are hearing all of this, I mean, what are some of your common discussions that you've kind of talked about when you hear people bring up that anxiety piece or that, that change concern? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question because I work with so many young athletes and what I do, you know, I work with, um, Lehigh wrestling and Lafayette soccer. And so I've got these young adolescent, young adult athletes and that anxiety is kind of there. So one of the things that I do is I empower them with as many choices as possible. They, I feel like people need to feel ownership over the process. Not that they're giving me the process to run for them, but that I'm helping guide them through their own process. So one of the things I really like to do with that when I'm approaching my clients is I tell them, you're going to make your food lists. Mm-hmm. And they do. I take my clients through a process where they build up their own food lists. They choose the proteins that they're willing to eat. They choose the vegetables that they're willing to eat, the fruits that they're willing to eat, the complex carbohydrates that they're willing to eat. Now, and then from there, I help them use those food lists to build their meal planning. And that's phase one. So, so I want to put a pause on the food list thing because some people might be hearing this and never heard of a food list, right? Okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're simply saying, listen, guys, let's look at where you were before. I'm sure you've already done that with them. And now you're asking them to say, listen, let's let's go through what you're okay with today. Like, what are you comfortable with consuming? And you're telling them to write out what, like a weekly game plan or just, or are you just talking about a shopping list? I'm talking about a food list, a list of foods that they're willing to build their meals from and their snacks from. So after they've built the lists, I then take them through the process of understanding how to pull from the different parts of the list to build 
the appropriate meals depending on where they are in their sport periodization and their um, training goals or for my regular clients their weight loss and fitness goals um, and I that diffuses a lot of the tension because they get to choose you know I have one guy one wrestler that you know told me well the only vegetable I'm going to eat is green beans and I was like well, you're going to be eating a lot of green beans and he's like I'm totally okay with that are <laughs> so, you sure okay <laughs> so but now because I've kind of gave him power and control he's actually expanded his lists so I think if you start out with your clients meeting them where they're at getting them comfortable getting getting some of their you know, their biochemistry realigned, their, their um, blood sugar, their insulin response sort of realigned, getting them fueled better, getting them feeling better, and then start, then they're motivated, then they're buying into the process. And then you can start to say, let's test that comfort zone a little bit. Let's start trying some new foods. Let's start building in some different things. Let me help you learn how to prepare these foods in a way that maybe is more palatable. Um, and then we can kind of start to grow from there, but you've got to start with that foundation if you, or you're, you're just going to lose them in the process and they're not going to own the process either. Hmm. What's well, funny you brought up. So just for fun, while you were telling us all this, I decided mm -hmm. to search for your name mm -hmm. and food lists and I don't mind plugging other shows, but obviously you've been on heads and tails Yep. and oh. their blog content right here. Under your section for you know looking for red flags, you look for restrictive consumption, short list mm -hmm. of foods they eat, sense mm -hmm. of anxiety to eat certain foods. So yeah. clearly, this is not something you are holding back. You talk a lot about this a lot. I mean, this is mm -hmm. something you're. This is so. Would you say this is some of the fundamentals uh, behind everything you guys do? Like this, would you say that food list is definitely a piece of success? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Because, because they're creating their own lists. So right there from the get-go, right out of the gate, they're owning their own process. They get to choose the foods that go on that list. Of course, as a nutritionist, my end goal is to help them expand that. Mm -hmm. But especially with the adolescent athletes that I work with, and even some adults, if you come in and say, you have to eat all these foods, they're going to pull back from it. Yeah. You, I love to use the analogy, and I think I've talked this through with you once before, that if we went to a foreign country and somebody set down a whole plate full or a table full of foods that we didn't recognize, we'd have some anxiety about what to eat. Yeah, like so, maybe, maybe they give you a plate full of tarantulas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would give anybody anxiety, just saying. I mean, Fair I enough. Right? Like that could be yeah. a delicacy. I'm, I'm literally flashing back. When you brought this up, I'm flashing back to, yes, I remember you and I talked about this before. But in, when I was a kid, um, and then you and I are near the same age, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember <laughs> all the, the crazy stuff that they had on that banquet breaks. table? Yeah. It's yes. like, okay, could be a delicacy in another country. You stick a monkey be. brain in front of me, I might be a little anxiety. Yeah. Exactly. So when you're dealing with people who've never seen or tasted or touched or worked with any of these foods before, some people are foodies and they're going to dive in. They're going to be excited to try stuff. But most people have very limited exposure to some of these foods. And if you put it in front of them, they're going to feel a little uncomfortable about it at mm -hmm. first. So one of the other things I like to do with dealing with that anxiety, especially with younger clients and even with older clients, is making sure that when they sit down for a meal there are foods there that are on their food lists that they're comfortable with that they know they're going to eat and they're going to be okay they're not going to sit down for an entire meal of unfamiliar foods and be overwhelmed by it but then i encourage them to put something new on the table just one thing new 
and give it a try. You know you've got all these other foods you're willing to eat, so you're not going to go hungry. Mm-hmm. But just give it a try. So you're looking for you- slowly building new comfort zones, right? You're not yes. overwhelming them with too much change. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I tell them too, I'm like, you know what? Fair enough. You may try something and right out the gate, no, you hate it. And you never want to eat it again. And that's totally fair. But I also try and advise them, like, just because something is new and different doesn't mean it tastes bad or unappealing. It's just new and different. So if you taste it and it's not completely off-putting from the get-go, keep trying it. Build your palate and you may find that over time, you actually really like it. In fact, I just met with an athlete earlier today who's added a couple more vegetables to his list through this because he's like, yeah, I'm really finding that I actually like broccoli now. Like, great. Just keep trying things. You don't have to super duper love it. It's your new favorite food. Um, But you might find that it's not completely miserable and enjoyable. Well, it's interesting you bring up palate change because I, again, not everybody's into cleansing and fasting and getting getting your body to a deep deep level of its natural detoxification process but i've gone through this right i've talked about it before and i remember until i went through a detox and again as i just hinted detoxing is natural ladies and gentlemen if your body is in a healthy state it actually is always detoxing but you could take it to deeper levels and after that i never really noticed a palate change until that like the first time i went through that it was just 2010 all of a sudden, like a, a vitamin supplement that I was drinking before tasted completely different two weeks later. And it was actually more palatable. And I realized that, and I, 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 you know, I started doing my research because I geek out like that. And maybe you could talk to some of this, but depending on how, how much toxicity is built up in your body, or we'll just translate it to being unhealthy, um, mm-hmm. there's things that are being filtered or blocked that we don't know about. And I don't know if I awakened new taste buds or those taste buds were just able to be in a healthier state of sensitivity. So things just change differently. But I can tell you, man, going through that detox and pushing toxins out of my body, things totally tasted different afterwards. It was very interesting. You know, I can't speak to it with regards to detoxification, um, but I do know that we we become desensitized to certain flavors that overwhelm our palate. So Mm. foods that are really, really salty or foods that are really, really, really sweet, we kind of desensitize to that. And then when you remove them from your diet at first, you know, natural sweet foods like fruits, they taste kind of bland, but then over time, the distribution of the taste buds on our tongue and our nervous system kind of redistributes and adapts to those changes. And then they taste better. I'm glad, no. I'm glad you're bringing I, that up because you are, you're exactly right. I had a different, I don't know if they were a nutritionist or if this was that doctor I had on who was a fat specialist, Dr. Sylvia Tara. But we, either way, the point is, is that our, our, our manufactured food supply mm-hmm. is riddled with sugar. So we're, we, oh. you and I are always heavy on helping people. You don't realize how much sugar is out there. So you really don't need to add it. Stop adding it. <laughs> so. <laughs> The problem is there's so much sugar added everywhere in all forms. I don't care if you're saying it's brown or if it's uh, some some stevia leaf, whatever. In the end, your body, especially hormonally, just sees sweet, sweet, sweet. It just sees sugar, sugar, sugar. And to your point, those taste buds are just overloaded. So when I take people through a cleanse or a fast or just just start cleaning up their diet, and I'm I'm not even a nutritionist like you, I always get that wake-up call. People are like, oh, my God, like a month later, like things taste different. Like things taste mm-hmm. great. I'm like, yeah, right? because you removed that sensory overload. 
Mm-hmm. And we started Your adding, yeah, and we start adding the healthy fats back in because that's part of the reason why everything has too much sugar is that over the years we, and you and I have talked about this, yeah. we've stripped out a lot of our healthy fat sources because we thought that removing fat was good. Mm-hmm. Well, and you take all the fat out. That's flavor too. There's a lot of amazing flavors incorporated with your fats that are balancing that food source in a whole way. So you oh, strip out the natural fats. Nutrients. Besides nutrients, right? So yeah. you strip out the healthy fats, you lose the nutrients, you lose flavor. Well, then they got to make the food what they feel is palatable now. And that's why over the, all these years, they've been just the sugar has increased because, like, oh, good. Well, let's get people hooked on the sugar. Ugh, uh, yeah. Right? Am I wrong on this? Yeah, and it's cheap. So it's an easy food additive and it's a preservative. I mean, there's just, there's so many layers to it that's just yeah. a big hot mess. But it's, it's like eating an egg white versus eating a whole egg. What tastes better? Uh, <laughs> I, I figured you'd appreciate that. <laughs> I had to talk people off of the whole egg ledge all the time. Hey, <laughs> and okay, I'll, eat your eggs, please. Let's be real. You need. I made that mistake years ago because I was oh, back cool. when I was reading those mags. I'm like, oh, I'll try this out. And I'm like, it just didn't feel natural. And mm-hmm. I still did it for a couple of months because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Right. Well, of course, because that's what the experts were telling us. And I got my degree 20 years ago, and that was at the height, well, towards the tail end of the American Heart Association, low fat, no fat. Mm-hmm. Um, they were starting to have some research come out, starting questioning those recommendations. But we were totally put on the ideology through the dietetics training that low fat was how we prevent heart disease. And I, it, I think, you know, in fairness, some of it's because the there's been suppression of um, research. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, but a fair amount of it as well is we really, nutrition science is is a relatively new science and understanding the downstream effects of implementing a specific diet. Like like I had mentioned, research goes to these extremes to test response. Okay. Okay, So you get an immediate response. It's in an isolated situation, but what about the downstream effects from that response? So there's, that's like one of the people that I like to follow. Um, his name is Lauren Bannock and he's a, a sport nutritionist in England. He asks this question and oh, I let me love take note of him. Lauren Bannock. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, guru performance. Um, I think I tagged you on one of his, um, podcasts. You'd like him. It's I the podcast. Did actually uh, not too long, not too long ago. Yeah. yeah. yeah I just couldn't, I just couldn't he, remember his name. Yeah. He always, he addresses this. He's a PhD. So he gets the research end of things way better than I do. Um, so I love listening to him because he takes the research and applies it to practical sport nutrition application. Um, but he always asks the question, yes, we can do this, but should we, we really don't know in this isolated biochemical reaction, what are the, what are we triggering downstream effects that we don't know about yet? which that's, you know, those are big questions to ask. Well, it's, I think that we could tie, again, back to this food anxiety. I think that'll be our theme for this uh, show okay. is, uh, you know, kind of following up in the last episode, but it's, it's, it's people have anxiety in so many different ways. And you and I are so passionate about health and wellness because I think that's, a big part of being successful professionally and in your personal life and you being, we talked about this earlier before we fired the show, like you're a, a single mom, a professional, you know, sports nutritionist who's trying to squeeze in a workout. So that's why I was <laughs> so like, I was like, please, please come on here and be sweaty. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it shows the realness. And I think that would help other young mothers out there, like realize that, yeah, guess what? It's going to take a little bit of work. All right. Mm-hmm. You, you joked around with me. your pants may be on fire, 
just to get everything done, right? <laughs> I fly by the seat of my pants and sometimes they're on fire, but I get stuff done. But yeah. you're getting it done. And and I think that comes yeah. back to tie back to the anxiety piece. Technically, you could have anxiety of trying to get all this stuff done, mm-hmm. right? In one day. I need to get my workout in. I gotta meet with clients. I still gotta be a great mom. Oh yeah, and by the way, I still gotta shop healthy and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. oh and what the hell, oh what let's add another variable. Let's, I now gotta go hang out with Scott. So and, and the live the fuel <laughs> audience. Um but That's it's a bonus. thank you. Uh, I think our audience definitely benefits from you. But so I don't I mean, is it all come down to the baby steps? Is that what I'm getting oh, out of all God. this? Baby steps and accepting baby steps and accepting imperfections and failure, being willing to learn from something maybe not working out perfectly, blowing out your piriformis on a reformer. Mm. Okay. uh, Pausing to ask for help first and then- Pausing to ask for help first. Like, why is mine so hard to move? Yeah. (laughs) Why is the 75-year-old lady moving hers way easier than I'm moving mine? Um, So I think that like- being real in the process, being accepting of where you are and letting go of the ideology of perfection. Hmm. Just do the very best that you can in the moment that you're in. And when you're out of that moment, let it go and keep moving forward. We can't always be completely on point and spot on and perfect. And I think when we have those expectations for ourselves, that's where the anxiety comes in because we see everything we're not getting done and we focus on all of that negative rather than seeing what you are getting done and what you are accomplishing or learning from the moments that are a little bit more difficult that you maybe have to push through a little bit harder, learn from them and get stronger from them. Well, I bring that up on a regular basis too is like, Anything worth achieving or having is going to take work. Stop. Yeah. I'm tired of people. Oh, like, don't get me wrong. I'm Mr. Hacker, right? Like, I love to hack stuff. Uh, I mean, I have, <laughs> I still, I still got to send in my swab test for hormonal analysis here from the, oh, nice. Dr. Carson of Carson Natural Health. And then for my Valentine's Day, uh, Kristen got me uh, 23andMe. The oh, I'm totally doing that. Yeah. Ancestry Plus Health. So I'm going to uh-huh. have all kinds of new stuff for us to geek out about because the health yeah, piece, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. So yeah, I'm looking into doing a nutrigenomics test myself with my other mentor, Bob Sibohar. Yeah. Okay. And then, yep. and then it's like, genetics, cool I, stuff. Back to the anxiety. It's like, okay, I could be worried about that, but my thing is I'm having fun with it. Right. You got to flip yeah. the mindset and realize that you're going to have to put in the work no matter what anyway. So why not have fun with it? And, mm-hmm. or start surrounding yourself with things that are going to help you achieve that. Like, for example, you just dropped, um, what we say it was named Dr. Lauren? Lauren Bannock. Bannock. Yeah. Bannock. Hold on a second. I already, I, so he runs guruperformanceinstitute.com. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. So a little yep, plug for it. him. I'll have to reach out to him. We'll have to bring him on the show. Because, oh, dude, he's and, awesome. And he has his own podcast. I see that here. Yeah. Right? So, really good stuff. Yeah. So like, there you go. I just learned something new today. Now, do I have to go listen to his show? No. Uh, do I get bored? Yes. So I'm going to say, great. I'm, I, I'm literally going to subscribe to his show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's happening live on video. Thanks to Aaron. I get to <laughs> find something it. else I new. I promise you, you're going to love it. Yeah. But this is what we're talking about, right? Instead of having anxiety, flip the switch and say, okay, what can I do to have fun with this? And maybe you don't make any changes. Like right I'm doing right now, you could do that. You could say, great, I'm going to go listen to a new podcast. Maybe it's not Scott and Aaron. Maybe it's going to take this doc on Guru Performance to get through to you. And it's one podcast show a week, one podcast show a month. I don't care. Like, Just mm-hmm. start taking control of your own health 
and be your own inner physician and start learning a few of these things because that's I, I truly believe that's what brings down the anxiety. At first, everything is going to be anxiety, right? But it's like the more you start learning, the more comfortable we become. It's like you with the food list. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have – this makes me think of um, – I had this really amazing math teacher when I was in high school. And I can remember sitting down in the class with him getting overwhelmed. I would look at an equation, and I would want to figure out how to solve this equation in one step. Okay. And he, would, he would say, no, no, stop. Take a step back. What can you do right now? What do you see that you can do? Okay. And then I would do that. And then it would open up the door to the next step. Oh, well, now I see what I can do next. And then the next step and the next step. And that has been a philosophy that honestly has, I think, served me well in managing anxiety and getting through life. Because you can't, we always try and get ourselves to that finish line. And we miss all the important steps in between that we really have to take. And we expect ourselves to start in one spot and finish so quickly. But really, it's about taking, take one step. Okay, you got that step down. Now the door opens and you can see where that next step is going to come from. Then you take that next step Mm -hmm. and then the next step and then the next step. Okay. And it just kind of opens itself up if you like, and again, with nutrition, take one step at a time, build one new habit in, and then maybe another new habit and another new habit. And maybe you're going to start to discover a whole new set of foods that's going to kind of explode that you really love and you're going to go after it and you're going to gain a little bit more momentum. But you can't start by expecting the finish line. You've got to start by taking one step at a time. I love that. And I think that's that's the, the biggest goal of this episode that I, you know, we're, 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 uh, for our listeners, Aaron's been on before, we're trying to get like a more tight, hard-hitting short format because I think mm-hmm. – that's something that this show has been missing, and especially with something like this, right? We we can go on very long and cover a lot of topics, but I think we this could be something new and exciting for you, especially for you, Aaron. Is just like getting quick content out there, and okay. then that that increases the circulation, it increases the digestibility of it, right? Like we're we're mm-hmm. giving out the good, healthy knowledge, but we got to make sure it stays uh, consumable. And to your point, easily step by step. Like we didn't cover a ton today, right? We had a couple of fun side subjects here, but I love the list piece. I've never done a food list, but I'm also a health nut. I was probably doing a, hell, a, a list in my head and didn't mm-hmm. even know it. And I know for a fact over the years, I've definitely gone into my iPhone and opened up the notepad. I'm like, oh, what am I going to go shopping for before I even go? And mm-hmm. I put a couple of goal items on there. So, and I'm adventurous. I'll try new things. I don't know about monkey brains yet, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no monkey brains are tarantulas. I'm going to draw a line. Healthy boundaries are also yes. really important to managing anxiety. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, we do still need to set a goal and get and do do this live in a store and show how you and I shop. That'd be, I think that'd be valuable. Um, yeah. I'd I mean, I could do, do it myself, but I think it's more fun doing it with somebody else who actually has your caliber because I want to see how you shop. I mean, I'll be that stage four clinger, but like, oh, how's Aaron's shop? I don't know. Um, <laughs> By all means. I mean, I, that's my creative space. I love food for what it does for our health, but I also, you know me, I'm a total yeah. I love to throw foods together and play around with new stuff. So, oh my God, did you see my Instagram post from Valentine's Day? No, I didn't. Oh, you, did you have to go down to the house and barn and go to the house. Oh my God, there! I had a surf and turf for Valentine's okay. Day dinner. They, I don't know how they did it. They did like the little spiralized sweet potato. Oh, okay. Wrapped those little tiny strings tightly around shrimp, and huh. then served it in a bed of pureed cauliflower, <laughs> butter, and uh, 
uh, what's up? Not pork, uh, pork belly, diced up pork belly. Oh, that was gosh. the appetizer. I was like, what? This is amazing. And then Where they, is this? the house and barn in Emmaus. Oh, I'm all over that. Yeah, the house is the house. And then the barn is a separate restaurant behind it. Like the barn's more casual sports bars, stuff like that. We went okay. and did a big yoga event there in their yard with a bunch of CrossFits and Lululemon and stuff. But the house okay. is like the nicer place. And we had never dined there. And then and then I had a filet with the lobster tail. And, and they served that over these beautiful organic carrots. And I told them to hold the risotto because I'm not a risotto guy. So it's just mm-hmm. meat and veggies. And it's just the flavors were uh, amazing. So, so I'm now everybody who's listening to this episode gets to get all hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to drink my Yukan and Orgain to give me some fuel, and that that I, sounds way better than my Orgain. <laughs> I'm I'm starving now because it is literally as we record this. I'm gonna be real, you ladies and gentlemen. I woke up this morning at 6 a.m. Was at the Starbucks by 6:30. So before I left, I was wanted to extend my fasted state because I've been experimenting with this a lot lately. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna have. A, I did a shot of olive oil before I left the house because that's what I do these days. I like a little dose of healthy fats. Took some of my vitamins and then chugged a huge, huge bottle of water and then went to the Starbucks and I got like a, a fatty latte because I like my fats. And then I haven't. I still have not eaten. It's two o'clock. Um, and then I went to CrossFit and then did some strength training with, with Rob over at SYR CrossFit, did some clean nice. jerk work, stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. picked up my new trophy. Did you see I won? I don't. Oh, what's the, I see a trophy back there by your hat. Yeah. So, uh, do you know how they have, they have their crush competition every year at SYR? Okay. So I, no, I, I don't know much about that, but oh, go ahead. Well, they have an internal competition. Kind okay. Kind of like a warm up to get people ready for the CrossFit open. Okay. So every week for five weeks, he releases a new workout that everybody has to complete if you're competing in the crush. So I won first place men's 40 plus. I beat out nine nice. other athletes. So Nice, Scott. That's like, awesome. Oh. Yeah, I was like, thank you. So I, apparently they gave out the trophies like on Monday. I've been busy all week. So I'm like, oh, I'll get in there when I get in there. Gotcha. So, Flying by the seat of your pants. But I like to prove that to people because like I know I'm not 50 or 60 yet, but I always tell people age is only a number, man. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I'm, I don't train that heavy right now. So I just proved to people, like, I didn't throw the most weight up, but it's an average of all five workouts. And I, I crushed people in some of the workouts, ergo the crush uh, competition. So, nice. Um, but I, I just I just want to share that because, like, I, I'm going to go stick it out in the garage and my squat rack and just stick it out there probably. But I haven't, I haven't like, portrayed a trophy in years. I had trophies when I was a kid, like, in karate. Like, I mm-hmm. – but it's a different level now. And it's like, you know what, you – it's stuff like this. Like some people are not into the trophies or the glam, but I just want to remind people that are listening to this that, you know, I'm 40 as of September of 2017. Aaron, you don't have to name drop your age or anything, but we <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> we are aging. But I'm older than you. Right. So, but we're aging in a great way because we're oh. taking the time to commit to our nutrition and how we fuel the body. And I just want to make sure that got in before we close the show out because I know you take that just as serious as I do. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't be able to keep going and live the life that I'm living. I absolutely 100% prioritize getting my healthy fueling in and my exercise. And I wouldn't be able to keep everything else going if I didn't. In all honesty, they, it, it just is easier to manage. You have. Getting people to understand, because I totally understand tight timelines and tight time commitments, that when you aren't doing these things, you look at the time and you think, gosh, I just don't have the time. But as soon as you start making the time to do it, it pays you back in dividends. Mm -hmm. You have more energy, you have more focus. It's so worth taking that leap of faith and investing the time in yourself. It is so important. Well, and the ladies and gentlemen are listening to this. I mean, 
Aaron just did that for you today, right? Like she's got so much going on. We're we're gonna I'm gonna keep her committed to this short segment so I let her get back to her life. We're at like a 40 minute window of the episode. This is exciting because I don't think we've ever done that. It's always at least an hour. Um, <laughs> Too easy to talk to you. Well, and you as well. That's why I love I. I don't have many regular co-hosts. I got Megan, I have you, and now I have the new guy, Travis, who's the oh, yeah. the Wim Hof cold ice water challenge training guy. Um, yeah, he follows the Wim Hof method. Like those guys like go hiking in just boxer shorts and a hiking boots. Like they're just No, thank you. Yeah, on and they, this Arizona girl likes her heat. Yeah, no, they like <laughs> if you ever like, Google Wim Hof, like they do like yoga positions on glaciers and stuff. It's crazy. So anyway. Good for him. (laughs) So, uh, but I'll cheer him on via Instagram. (laughs) So I want to make sure let's let's bring us to a close. We we dumped some nuggets and knowledge here Uh, for our listeners. You we we always have you close out the episode, right? So what what's some last minute closing thoughts, closing ideas, just to to leave some value behind for listeners? Uh, I want them to go back and read over the the blog notes because we're gonna I'm gonna Mm -hmm. remind her about the food tips on food anxiety right we had food lists we had uh you know rebuilding your palate through slow changes we even talked about guru performance but how else would you like to close this out you know i think it just again to to touch back onto the anxiety is to to take the pressure off of people's shoulders to expect overnight change to take one intentional purposeful step at a time and let that build its own momentum there it is so build that momentum, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, Hangtail, give me probably goodbye off the air, Aaron. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that is another returning powerful co-host, Aaron Sparrow, sports nutritionist, mind of the athlete. Please check them out. She is quite knowledgeable, not just attractive and sweaty today from the uh, gym as well. So, but thank you for listening in. We are here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. And she is bringing some powerful, healthy lifestyle tips your way. So again, thanks for listening in. And remember, you too can live the fuel. Talk to you soon. Hey there, listeners and fans of Live the Fuel. Scott Mulvaney here, your founder and host. Please hang tight for another one to two minutes, and you're going to hear some added value resources and discounts. So first off, please don't forget to subscribe and submit a review for the show. It'll really help others find our show, and I would love to get the feedback. Also, please be sure to visit livethefuel.com and score your free Super 7s resource guide. This has got over 21 different resources that I've put together to help fuel your health, business, and lifestyle goals. Okay, once you're on the website, ladies and gentlemen, go to the resources page and you're gonna score some added discounts. I've set up discount code relationships with my favorite snack nuts from eatpillynuts.com and my favorite healthy fats olive oil from villacapelli.com. And lastly, don't forget, I'm your connection into the healthy nutrition world from Isogenics. You'll see the logo there. Feel free to reach out to me. I got my schedule online. And to close things out, guys, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is awesome, and I love having you listen. And it wouldn't be possible without our amazing editor known as David Studio. So if you're an up-and-coming podcaster or an existing podcaster and you're just trying to find a better way to get it done like I do, Get a hold of his editing services. You can find him on Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Fiverr.com and search for David Studio. And lastly, just to close this out, ladies and gentlemen, we discuss so much health, business, and lifestyle on this show. We bring on biologists and doctors and entrepreneurs, and it's just a powerful sharing of knowledge. But one thing I do want to remind you is this. We are not a uh, replacement for your medical doctor. 
uh, for example, on the health information. So please, this is a show of free knowledge. If you need to go seek a professional's advice, please do so. This is free knowledge. We're sharing it out there, but obviously you need to make your own intelligent decisions when it comes to your health, your business, and your lifestyle. I just want to remind you of that. In the end, keep listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for the reviews. And let's keep growing this powerful message of a healthier, more successful business lifestyle for you all. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.